0: Hi, this is Taylor Stuber and this is Sean Smithgall. We are both clinical pharmacists, faculty members, and your hosts for The Postgraduate Pharmacist. Welcome back, Sasso Squad, and any new listeners, to another episode of The Postgraduate Pharmacist, where
1: we're all about helping you separate and stand out as you prepare for postgraduate training. From current events to expert advice, we bring you up to date content every other Monday related to postgraduate training. Join the Sasso Squad today and follow
0: us on Twitter at PG Pharmacist or Instagram and LinkedIn at The
1: Postgraduate Pharmacist. And check out our website at postgraduatepharmacist.com where you can get all of our latest content. If you love the show and want to support
0: what we're doing, check out ways to spread the word on our website or buy us a cup of coffee. We could always use the caffeine.
1: Welcome back to our audience to another PGP Fundamentals episode. Today, we're going to be talking about the letter of intent, and we'll kind of be focusing on, you know, what is a letter of intent in general, some of the content and how to achieve specific things within that letter of intent. We'll talk about a lot about fluff, and Sean will have plenty of information on fluff for you, and then kind of go through some examples of how you can stand out with your letter of intent and not be kind of generic. So let's go ahead and dive in. So starting off thinking about letter of intent versus maybe a cover letter or a personal narrative. Sean, what do you, how would you define a letter of intent?
0: I like to define the letter of intent is your one chance to put a voice to your application and to kind of add more of a narrative to why you want to do postgraduate training and what makes you qualified and why that program, why you're
1: a good fit for the pro- program, but also why that program is a great fit for you. Yeah. So I think it can be a, one of the most important pieces of the application because like you said, it, it it's that one time that you have a voice to your application. So really talking about your career goals, some of your experiences and leadership that make you a fit for the program and how y'all can mutually benefit one another. I think some of the differences with, you know, a cover letter, cover letter is generally what you'll use to apply to jobs down the road, but a cover letter kind of just focuses on how skills and attributes that you possess can help benefit the organization or company or wherever you're applying to. Whereas a a personal statement, it's more similar to a letter of intent, but it's just more of a narrative on how, on what led you to pharmacy and and what led you to pursue this career and residency in general. So it it has a lot of those pieces of letter of intent that we'll talk through, but it's more written in an essay format. So one of the hardest things is knowing what to put and include in a letter of intent. So how can applicants be specific and accomplish that uh, feat of being unique without being too generic? I think the easiest way to accomplish that
0: is to do uh, several things. One being talk about what interests you in the program, that program specifically, how that program can benefit you. Like what sort of things are they doing? Uh, what experiences do they have, what structure do they have in place, what preceptors do they have there that really keys in on you, how you can benefit the program, how your training has made you want a good fit for them, but also what's, what's some of the unique things you could bring to the program and help build the program even more. And then being specific and unique, this is not i mean we're talking about it like it's easy like oh you just got to do this but this is one of the hardest things to do and it takes a lot of time and it and honestly i don't think it's a thing that most students can just sit down and be specific you know i think most students are going to sit down and just fluff it which you know we'll talk about a little bit but this is like one of the things that you have to review review read and review your statements and really be like oh man i'm this is not being specific and then learning how to just write in that manner and come across in that manner.
1: It's, it's hard. It's, it's, if it was easy, everybody would do it. Right. Right. So this is something that's just going to take a lot of time, uh, not just something you're going to do in one sitting. And, you know, you kind of mentioned how you can be unique and sound specific. So kind of just reemphasizing that point, each letter of intent should be unique to an individual program and shouldn't be a very generic thing. It can have similar pieces in each letter of intent, kind of how you address sounding unique and specific yourself. So an example would be, you know, if you're say you're motivated, what makes you motivated and why give an example that can help you stand out um, from the rest of the letters of intent that, you know, have applicants who are motivated. So that kind of brings me to the next point in your favorite topic, the fluff. So what is fluff? How would you define fluff, Sean? So fluff is that generic trait
0: that most applicants or most people that are hard workers or outstanding students or outstanding employees are going to have. It's the skills that you think a resident should have. And it's basically just compiling a list of those and, and saying them. Without showing why you
1: actually have them, yeah, so it's easy to you know google desirable residency characteristics, yeah, and you could just copy paste that, but I think you just need to have more examples, specific examples of how you've demonstrated those and truly reflect on what characteristics you display, so the other kind of piece of that too is. I know you've talked about this before, but fluffing a program. So Mm -hmm. talking about programs in a very general sense. So I'm interested in your rotation because you offer an ID rotation and an internal medicine rotation. And cardiology. And cardiology. I'm interested (laughs) in those. But how can you make that better? So how do you um, show those programs that you're more interested in their specific institution when other institutions may offer those types of things.
0: Yeah. And I think that's a good point. Cause, cause we're not saying don't put that, like, don't say you're interested in ID and things like that. And they offer ID. I mean, yeah, that's, that's a connection you want to show that, but like you were saying, you don't want it to be an insert rotation names here kind of thing on your, on your letter of intent. It's an obvious you're just putting in examples from different programs. So ways to make that more specific and, and to follow that sentence of, I liked your program or interested in it because of these, these and this follow that up with the next sentence with things that are specific to those programs that you find out by either researching on their website, talking to residents at showcases, you know, I'm, I'm interested in your cardiology rotation because when I talk to so-and-so at the showcase, they really highlighted the relationships with the uh, providers and they talked about how they have evidence-based discussions. And I'm really interested in having those evidence-based discussions with the internalists or the, or the uh, intensivists. Uh, and it's just like
1: those things show, Oh, they're ser- They're serious about this. Yeah. I love that example. And kind of talking about that specific makes me think of, maybe we can share some examples of being, more specific versus generic and kind of how you've demonstrated personal characteristics. So do you have any examples maybe about time management? You, you want me to pull out the book
0: of examples on this? (laughs) You got a book of
1: examples.
0: (laughs) So uh, one of my, one example I can think of is uh, uh, saying uh, my rotations made me great at time management. Which you know is fluff. There's that there's that word time management. I have good time management. You know, Google. You googled your what makes an ideal resident uh, versus saying it like my internal medicine rotation taught me a great deal of balancing tasks and time management. I had to wake up earlier than I was accustomed to to work up patients. I rounded in an interprofessional setting, which was a learning curve and provided discharge counseling for my patients, new medications. On top of this, I had to balance rotation projects and a research project that I was completing outside of APPE requirements. This required a lot of discipline with my time in order to complete these tasks to the best of my ability and also be successful on rotation. And now that's wordy, and that's a lot. You could probably pare that down some, but you're just giving all these examples of how you balance time management.
1: Yeah, and I think, so just anything that you say about yourself, maybe just elaborate with a sentence or two. It doesn't have to be some deep, in-depth paragraph about how you're a good time manager, but you know, just something that shows that you have thought about that and how you've um, developed that. I, you know, I can think of another example. Oh, yeah. Saying, give us a good example. <laughs> yeah, I've got a good one too. So thinking about communication, saying I'm a good communicator and can balance tasks effectively. So that's great. Those are awesome characteristics for a resident to have. But, you know, how how can you show that you uniquely possess those characteristics? So maybe you're saying, you know, and this is an example from, from my personal experience, you know, when I was a student organization leader on a satellite campus, um, kind of having to talk about these things. So you could say something like I was a student organization leader on and part of a satellite campus. Having to work with leaders from the other campus taught me a great deal about communicating effectively um, and leadership as much of this had to be done via email or telephone. This forced me to ensure that everyone was staying in the loop on what was going on at each campus, but also making sure tasks and events were being completed in a timely manner without sacrificing qualities. And obviously these examples should be unique to you, but these are things you should be thinking about. How can I be specific with something that might not seem as intuitive? And these things are are things that can help you stand out.
0: I love that example. Uh, And I think that's it. You just got to go through and read the statements and say, could anyone have, could anyone say this? Am I unique by saying this? Or is this unique to me because I've shown why that is? And, And like we've said, it's not bad to put that generic fluff statement as long as you follow it up. Now, it is probably, you know, when you're thinking about time and space and limitations, you know, if you can combine the two together like we were doing in our examples, that's going to be better. But, um, but, you know, work through your CV, find those things and you're not gonna be able to talk about every good quality you have. You want to highlight your top qualities and quality and traits that you think are going to match to that program.
1: Absolutely. And I think all of this in the letter of intent in general, you know, the underlying theme is showing that self-reflection. You know, you have an experience What skills or abilities have you gained um, during that experience? So I think this is key in postgraduate training programs where you'll have to do a lot of self-directed learning and kind of self-evaluation and growth. So that's just something to be thinking about and how you could demonstrate that here. So what what kind of like the take-home points and advice
0: that you'd give to people ready to build the best letter of intent they've ever made?
1: Absolutely. So I I think uh you know we've talked about a lot of good things, but some other just general advice, you know, read examples of other letters of intent. You can look on the websites of various pharmacy organizations, ACCP and ASHP have good examples. Maybe ask your preceptors to get an idea of what should be included. Maybe they have some examples, maybe they have books or resources that can help. I know that I do that I share with my students often. So kind of be thinking about reading examples and asking for some advice from, from preceptors or mentors. Also think about what you want to clearly articulate and develop maybe a checklist of, of things that you want to make sure that you include in your letter of intent and make sure that those things align with your CV. So those, I think that's really important is, is you want this to be a cohesive application and and really you want them to get a sense of who you are and what you're about so make sure that it aligns with your cv i think again with that fluff making sure that you're specific for each program it's okay to have a general structure and those things that you want to convey or a skeleton that you can uh, use but make sure that you tailor the specifics to each program like you mentioned with those rotations And with that, I think, you know, we mentioned this already, but it's important to write these letters of intent over the course of multiple sittings. It's something that you shouldn't just sit down one night and write eight of these. It should take you, you know, days, maybe weeks to develop these and you'll come back and, uh, you know, when you take a break from them, you'll come back with fresher ideas. And I think that that is really helpful when you're developing these unique letters of intent yeah it takes a ton of cognitive
0: energy and it and you get writer's block and you get burnout if you try to do it all in one setting and it's going to show in the quality of your letter the quality's going to plummet and then you're just not going to have a great letter if you try to rush it
1: yeah and and i think with that you you know you want to make sure since you are it is taking a huge cognitive burden or a lot of bandwidth making sure to double check them Ask your preceptor to read them. Ask a, even a peer to to read them and, and evaluate them. Look for spelling and grammar because those things can kind of easily slip through the cracks when you're looking at these over and over. So it's always helpful to have an extra set of eyes on those. Uh, your favorite tip, making sure that it's addressed to the correct program, right? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we've heard those horror stories where, you know, they address it to the wrong program director or things like that. And that's the, you know, probably the easiest way to not get an interview. Would you agree? Uh, it's definitely puts you on the list of they don't have attention to detail. Okay. Well, that's a nice way of saying you're not getting an interview. <laughs> but <laughs> I like that. And then lastly, I think this is a just a good piece of advice for the whole residency process and, um, postgraduate application process in general is just be yourself. So use language and tones that you would normally talk about things that you're passionate about that are important to you. And you can really use this to find your writing voice and be authentic. Don't just try to use this flowery language. If that's not who you are, you know, I think you can probably tell somebody has a thesaurus up while they're writing and it's okay to you know have a have some new words and everything in there but when you're thesaurusing every other word you know, <laughs> they can sound really inauthentic and flowery and contribute to that fluff.
0: is probably okay. You can probably have Grammarly pulled up just so your sentence structure is right. <laughs> That's a
1: great point. Yeah, you can use those those resources like Grammarly. I like that
0: yeah and so if you want you know generally like taylor you were saying check out the examples that's the easiest way to kind of see structure you know generally you want um paragraph about your goals short and long term and then how you fit with the program paragraph and how the program fits with you and then how you structure that though can change you know, based on examples that you see and things like that. But that's generally what you're going to be writing about. If you want a che- the checklist, we mentioned one. If you want an example of a checklist that kind of helps you go through and make sure that you're writing a good example, you know, get on our website, postgraduatepharmacist.com. Sign up for our uh, email list and you will get immediate access to our
1: checklist that you can use for free. So definitely take advantage of that. Yeah, and that will kind of give you the things that we talked about today, but also kind of give you a structure uh, or a recommended structure of how to organize it and things to include from like the opening paragraph to the closing paragraph and signature. So check that out. Just to summarize today, you want to,
0: you want this letter of intent, which is your, your way to kind of express in writing who you are, and why you want to be with this program. You want to be specific you want to tailor it to each program. You want to avoid fluff and you want to definitely get this reviewed by as many people as you can. And just like in uh, peers are, I think are a good
1: reviewer too of this as well. Absolutely. I think those are all great points. And so hopefully with these few tips, you can construct a letter of intent that stands out uh, from the rest. So thank you for listening to Dave, to this episode of the PGP fundamentals. Look forward to you listening to more episodes in the future. If you want to continue to hear up-to-date topics from us and our guests, please like and subscribe. You can listen to us for free on your favorite podcast
0: app and check out our show notes below to see links and highlights of the episode. And remember, you can separate and stand out.